Hello and welcome to the Daddy Saturday podcast. I'm your host, Justin Batt. It is an honor and privilege to be with you here today at the ATP Spartan World Media Fest, where I've got a bunch of experts and one of those that I cannot wait to introduce you to here today to help you become a better father, to be a better a husband to be better in your business and better overall in life and uh, this individual is wearing red shoes as am I and you'll hear why here in a second but as you know with the Daddy Saturday podcast it is our goal to bring you experts that will help you uh, raise good kids that become great adults and to end this fatherlessness epidemic and today we've got a guest that I think will bring some great context around some of those core topics so uh, it's my pleasure to introduce you to Lonnie Main. Lonnie has spent over 30 years in executive leadership and worked closely with some of the leading brands across multiple industries. He inspires employee engagement, um, the battle for top talent, standout customer experiences, and he's built meaningful company cultures. Uh, Red Shoes Living is Lonnie's platform, and it is so incredible. That's why he has on Red Shoes, and I wore my Red Shoes in honor of that here today as well. So it's my pleasure to introduce you to Lonnie Main. Thanks, Justin. Hey, it's great to be with you today. I love the Red Shoes. So Thank you. They're, mad, they're magic at some level. They are magic. Yeah, I think so. Um, so, Lonnie, you know, it's, it's so great to have you in the podcast. We've known each other for a while, yeah. um, at least never met in person, but if, have conversed or at least followed each other through social. Um, and I, I think that there's a huge opportunity for our audience to learn more about Red Shoes Living and what that means. Yeah. And I'd love to get into that with you here today. So maybe just give us a bit of an overview of what, what inspired you to start Red Shoes Living, yeah. what it is, yeah. and how maybe it would apply to our audience. Yeah, you know, so when I, uh, the first 18 years of my work life was in corporate America. And um, we were buying companies and bringing you know, different mission, vision, values, and, and cultures together. And when you do that, um, and you know, retransition people uh, to different parts of the business, and sometimes that meant people were going to leave the business. You would create kind of all this fear and trepidation and compression in the organization. After you would go through these big acquisitions and changes, then you'd turn right around and ask everybody, "Trust us, you know. Now we're going to go here." And so Red Shoes came about. The philosophy was, "Look, we have to reach deep inside." individuals and make sure that they're intact as you go through these changes and that the human spirit is still alive mm. and so along the way we started focusing on that and the red shoes came about later on in terms of the name and what it really represents is standing out for the positive and how you work and how you live your life so it was a way for us to get the human spirit back it was a way for us to um, serve our customers serve our employees and it was a reminder really of that standing out for the positive and so the concept uh, took off and caught on and became meaningful to people and then what we discovered which is interesting to be with you today to talk about this is that people started taking the philosophy and the framework that we created around it into their personal lives and it was showing up with their families and it was showing up with their children and and executives that were spending too much time at work were saying wait a minute okay yes I'm standing out for the positive in, in the work and with my employees but am I doing it at home mm -hmm. am I spending enough time with my children am I traveling too much and and so that's what really made the concept sticky, if you will, to so many people. So where Red Shoes came from, just to tell you a story, uh, when I, I uh, ran a tech company for a number of years, and uh, so I went from corporate to the tech company, we had 14 people at this company. And my children, you know, were grateful that I was kind of stepping off this corporate pace, if you will, the, the train and going to this tech company. However, it was a startup, so I think I even spent more time you know, working on it. But one day, they were trying to keep their dad cool, 
and they bought me a pair of red van tennis shoes and said, Dad, you know, you got to wear these to work. You're That's a tech awesome. company now, and, yeah. you know, they wear stuff like this. <laughs> so I went from the blazer to the, the red shoes, put them on, and the very day I had them on, I was talking to our small team and said, look, you know, this is how we're going to compete. We're going to stand out for the positive in every single thing we do, from how we answer phone calls to respond to emails, how we treat each other, how we treat our customers, how we build our technology. And one of our marketing guys looked at me and said, Lonnie, you mean you want to stand out just like those red shoes? I go, that's right. And it's stuck. So that that's how that all kind of came about. So we've had a lot of fun. We've had a lot of fun. We wrote a book about it. Yeah. And, uh, we share it now with companies and leaders and, and talk a lot about it. So, that's incredible. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a, another book that just came out called Talk Triggers. Yeah. And it's got a bright pink cover and, a, and an alpaca or a llama on the yeah. cover of it, right? That's the talk trigger for the book. And I, Red Shoes Living is clearly your talk trigger. Yeah. Um, a brilliant one at that. And, you know, those are hard to come up with and hard to replicate. But the best ones typically are or, organic, yeah. which that clearly was. Right. So thanks for sharing that story. You know, Lonnie, um, you bring up an interesting point because... I've often wondered this. I address it in the book and Daddy Saturday a little bit, and we've talked about this in the platform, is why we don't see more of the positive pieces of, of the workplace or corporate culture brought into the family. It's almost like there's this firewall where we say we're going to try and leave work at work and try and be home when we're home, and yet at the same time, we don't bring some of the positive pieces of work into the home that could actually be beneficial. Yeah. Think about the, you know, a mission statement for your family or setting vision or values or core principles or goal setting for the family, right? Yeah. All important concepts, yet we so often leave the rigor of that to the workplace and don't bring it to the home. Why do you think that is? Yeah, you know, I think, and I'm thinking about in my own case, as I was growing up, you know, I had some strong men and women in my life, and, um, and, and maybe some of it is generational because, you know, work in the family that I grew up in, work was everything, and, you know, uh, my grandmother is an example, you know, who welded ships in World War II would say, look, if, uh, if, you're, if you have idle time and you're not doing anything, that's not good, and so you just need to put yourself to work and put yourself to service and never look back. And so I grew up that way. But what's interesting about that is, um, you know, my, I had an uncle uh, that helped raise me after my father passed away, and he was an executive, a turnaround guy, hard charging, worked long hours. But every summer he would um, let me travel with him for weeks. And I would fly with him, and I'd go to meetings with him. I'd sit in board meetings. There was this little kid, you know, 11, 12 years old, sitting over in the corner, and you could almost see these board members looking like, well, what is he doing here? Yeah. And yet, I still, as I got into business, I didn't do what he did for me. Um, I definitely did more, I think, than, than maybe some people did in terms of spending time with my children and having them travel with me. And so I don't know where it came from for him and why I didn't follow that even further down that path. So I think there's some probably legacy, generational things that happen, but the model's being turned upside down. Um, if you think of what a family looks like today, it's totally changed. Mm -hmm. There are single fathers and single mothers, and my grandparents helped raise me along with my mother. Sure. And that was my family. And so then you have a new generation that is saying, look, we, you know, our children are important to us. Not that the old generation wasn't, but work is important, but it's not going to, to be as uh, more important than, you know, our, our children, so That's to speak. Right. So I think there's a level of awareness. I think, you know, leaders like yourself who are also talking about this now, you're giving companies and leaders the permission to open this up. I, I think people are at times bringing their children to work. If they're in a situation 
um, dad's out of town and, and mom's got to go to work and can't find anybody else, bring him to work. You know, and so, so I love what's happening. And by the way, all that's red shoes for a company to be able to do that. It's standing out for the positive that's right. for the individual leader and saying, look, we'll step in. You're spending half your life at this job. You're giving us everything you have. You know, if you need to bring your child uh, to work or whatever, we totally understand that. So, yeah, I, you know, I think the world is changing. I hope so. Well, I hope so too. And I think we're starting to see that to an extent. And it starts at the top though, as you mentioned, right? It's the leaders having that, that red shoes living philosophy and then bringing it down throughout the organization. And, and that's what really inspires the team members to feel like they have the openness and the ability to do that. Um, you know, I've seen that um, in our own family, one of the small things that we've done is, you know, at work, we calendar everything, right? But at home, we don't often calendar things. So I've started to put my personal, my business calendar into one. I don't have two calendars, I have one calendar now. And so if I have a game at 4.30 that I've got to get to and I have to leave work early or shut down a meeting, I know that's on the calendar and I know that I have to get there. And when I'm there, I'm engaged and I'm involved and I'm present, right? And it's only because it's on the calendar. Or if I've got a date night schedule with my daughter, like I don't miss that, it's on the calendar. And unless there's, I'm sick or there's an emergency. So there, there are small things like that that we can do to your point, that are Red Shoes Living Principles that we do in the workplace every day that would easily translate over into the home. Yeah, and I, I, and I, I probably you know didn't answer your question, the first one down that line, but I love what you're saying because I do think the principles that we apply in business, you know, creating an objective and a mission and a vision, and all those things apply at home. And I love the integrated life. You know, for me, what I do now, I give access to my children. They're all older now, mm -hmm. um, but if they want to come and, and participate in anything that I'm doing, they know they can do that. That's awesome. And yeah, and you know, there's an energy to that, right? I mean, it's um, when you're when that is going well, and the children are happy, and you're happy, that that applies to your work and the, you know how you do all of those things. And so, yeah, I think that's really good. So. You know, Lonnie, one other thing that I think is really interesting about this is um, we talked about the, the branding of Red Shoes Living. Yeah. So I've got, well, I have all my red shoes today. Orange is my color. I've got orange on me. I've got orange wristbands on. I always have a piece of orange on me no matter where I go. And I can remember being in corporate America, and we would go to a, a, a big national conference, and we'd have a couple of them a year, and people started to know me as the orange guy. And they would come up to me and say, hey, where's your orange, right? They'd look on my body, I don't know, I have an orange shirt on, or I have some form of orange on, but they'd be orange shoelaces in my shoes, and I became known for that. And I think that's a really important concept, not just in business, but again in life, of having that element of personal branding, like who are you, right? And, and what does that mean? And what is your why? And, and you've done that through Red Shoes Living. So what would you say to somebody about trying to establish a bit of personal brand identity uh, for themselves? Yeah, I think what's great about it, I talk about intentions, you know, and I, um, you know, I can tell as you and I talk, you have good intentions and I have good intentions. And so when you brand yourself, I think coming at it with intentions that are pure, orange means something to you and red means something to me. And I'm respectful about it, but I'm undeniable about it. There you and go. So, you know, you, you're passionate about it, not you're throwing it in anybody's face, but you're just saying, look, this is really important to me and I'm gonna own it. And I think that branding and personal branding, that's where it's important. If you own it and you believe in what you're talking about, whether it's Daddy Saturday or it's Red Shoes Living, it becomes undeniable and, and people respect that. I respect it, you know, I respect the work that you're doing as I've listened to you and, and read your things, you're passionate about it. It's undeniable. Mm -hmm. Like you, you get this, this feeling, and again, it's done with respect, that you don't really care. 
if I believe into it or buy into it or not. Yeah. You've lived it, you know it's impactful and it's important. And I think that's part of personal branding. So, and you know, the other thing I would say, Justin, is I think we live in a very noisy, um, not only is this podcast a little noisy, <laughs> but a noisy world where we have all this stuff around us. And so personal branding is a way to cut through that and to make a statement that says, this is what I, this is what I stand for, this is who I am, and I want to share it with you if you want to receive it. If not, it's okay, but this is the life I'm going to live. Yeah. And so it quiets the noise. It really does. I love the, I love the fact that you said the word undeniable. And I think that's absolutely true. Um, and that is true of me. It's true of you as well. And I always had the phrase, and my father and others have taught me this, that if you don't, if you stand for nothing, or you stand for something, or you stand for nothing, right? And so stand for something, and I think that's, that's the important piece, is everybody needs to find out what is their why, what is their calling, what do you need to stand for? But also, within that, I think there's this element of, when you look at personal branding, and you look at the ability to, to stand for something, um, I've found that uh, people are drawn to that because as a society today, we have so much, the other word would be authenticity. Yeah. And there's so much, uh, you know, everybody has their highlight reel on social media today and that's all you see is the best of people and you typically see them, you know, trying to put out so much content that is almost irrelevant because it's like, why are you even putting that out there? And so I think standing for something and, and being undeniable about it, but also being authentic is another key piece. Yeah, and I, I struggle on the social side with the work that I do. It's hard for me because there's nothing better than having a conversation with somebody. So if I, you know, I mean, again, you and I have known each other a while now, but when we sit down and talk, immediately the ego's gone, you know, sure. for the most part. You're connecting with a, a, an amazing human being, number one. That's right. Who happens to be, you know, this great person doing Daddy Saturday and all that stuff. And that's the way I look at it. On social media, it's, that model's flipped for a lot of people. Mm. It's, this is what I've accomplished, this is who I am, this is who I work with, this is why I'm great, this is, you know. And you're almost saying, well, let me figure that out for myself. But it's difficult because how do you do it unless you actually sit down and, and connect with somebody? Yeah. It's one of the biggest challenges I think I've had in terms of, um, you know, sharing my message and getting that out there. That's why we wrote the book. And even in the book, we wanted to write as authentic a voice as you possibly can. Yeah. And sometimes that means it's not going to be perfect. Sometimes it means that I'm not going to be red shoes. And so what I've learned in social, in the social world, is that make a few mistakes and let it and let them go. It doesn't have to be perfect because people want they want authenticity. Look, they don't want to wake up every day and see that I'm posting all this stuff. I'm speaking here, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. You know, sometimes they want to go, I wore two red shoes at a conference the other day, the, the same left foot. You know, I got up early to go present. I had some Chuck Taylors. I got a pile of them. It was an early morning presentation. I grabbed two, thought I had a right and a left, and I threw them in my bag. That's it was great. a day trip, went down to present, and as I was in the car going to the presentation, I pulled them out of the bag. I went to put them on. I had two left uh, red Chuck Taylor shoes. <laughs> there was nothing I could do. Fortunately, you know, they were just, you know, they're, they're good enough you can put them on and wear them. And what I did from the stage is I, I told the story. Yeah, please tell me you used that. Yeah, I did. Yeah. In the first 10 minutes, I said, listen, I have to tell everybody because if you're, if you're wondering, if you're sitting close, you can probably see it. If not, so be it. But here's what I did. And it was fun. You know, people laughed. And I think what it does is it humanizes you. That's right. And then the best part of it, though, the camera guy who I met before, his name was Scott, he, uh, about every 15 minutes as I was kind of going through the keynote, he would just do a close-up on my shoes, which would totally throw me off from my keynote, right? <laughs> but everybody laughed about it. And so I, I think that's what people want. You know, we, we, we're not perfect and that's we right. can't get this done. And so let's, let's try not to pretend like we are, you know? So anyway. Wow.
Wow, what a great metaphor for Red Shoes Living, <laughs> yeah. the two left feet. I mean, I could not be any better. Yeah, yeah. you know, and I think that that's where, um, as a leader and me being vulnerable and transparent, I mean, that's why I wrote the book too, because the book was a way for me to put some of my failings as a father and how I started this whole process of Daddy Saturday because I wanted to be better and I wanted to help other dads do the same thing. And I think that's a big piece of that is being vulnerable and being transparent and being... I guess, confident enough in yourself that you're willing to be open to do that. And as a leader, that's so important to have. And you, know, you look at, um, there's been a lot of statistics and polls that have been out there, and you know this from being in the corporate culture, right? The number one thing that people want to see in a leader is they want to see the stains in their armpits when they raise their hand, yeah. right? They want to see them sweating a little bit as a leader and being willing to be vulnerable and transparent and, and know that it's okay that at times you go through that as well. So I think an important piece, and that goes back to, if we take that back to parenting, this concept of far more is caught than taught. So with your kids, right, they need to see that. They need to see that as a, as a father, as a parent, you're not perfect. And there are times where you mess up, but then how do you how do you handle that? How do you move forward? How do you handle with integrity and move forward in the right way? You know, and, and just to comment on that, I'm thinking back again about myself and the father and leader that I was 20 years ago compared to where I am now. Mm. And I don't think I let my children um, see, you know, the, the, the pressure, the stress, the anxiety. And in fact, I used to say, I don't get stressed. And I was trying to put on this front that, you know, dad can, can take care of everything, don't you worry. Yeah. And along the way, and, you know, my daughter said something to me not too long ago. She's like, dad, you've changed. And I said, in what way? And she said, you're just more human. Wow. You know, yeah. And it was a moment. And I said, well, you know, I've learned. So I think you learn over time that, look, it is important for the children to see that, you know, mom and dad or, you know, whatever the family looks like, we go through stuff. And sure. we get through it. We're resilient and we have grit. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you know what? Sometimes we get knocked down. Yep. And it's tough. And, but how we get back up is what we're trying to teach you, and here's how we're going to do it. And you know what? The fact that you just gave me that hug is going gonna, is gonna to help me get back up a lot quicker. You know, so you make them part of that process. And, yeah. and I'm doing that now as a 52-year-old man, sure. but I didn't do it as a 25-year-old father. You know, yeah, so. and I think that's hard. And to give your give you some affirmation for the fact that I think most dads struggle with it. And it's what I've experienced in all the conversations that I've had with many fathers is, and, and, and we put it in the book because there's this concept where we try to be the hero as the dad, right? We're supposed to be that, that Superman that can take bullets and is impenetrable and never shows stress or anxiety or worry or fear. Um, but that's actually the complete wrong way to approach it. Right. And, and I've learned over time that um, it's more important to be the guide, let your kids be the hero of their own story, let them experience success or failure, and then you got into the process. And when you do that, um, you actually fulfill the appropriate role. Because now, Lonnie, think about this, where you are in your relationship with your kids, they don't need a hero anymore. They need a guide at this point in their life, right? As you move into that parenting adult children, they don't need a hero anymore. They need somebody to guide them through major life-changing decisions. Because when they're eight, Right, it's a lot. Those aren't those aren't game-changing decisions when they're eight. It's like, do I get ice cream and what do I get on my ice cream? But at 28, at 38, right? Those are big life decisions. So, sounds like you've made that transition very, very well. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'll tell you. You know, I shared a story with an executive this morning. We were actually talking about um, children and how our children grow up and then they start to inspire and teach us. Mm. And my daughter, who's now 30 years old, not too long ago, we were having a conversation, and I was probably being more vulnerable and open about whatever conversation was 
And she looked at me and she said, Dad, I want to tell you something. She said, in life, you're either moving forward or you're falling behind, but there's no middle ground. Wow. And she turned around and walked away and kind of just did the mic drop. What? And I sat there for a minute and I thought, wow, I'm falling behind. And like, that was the first thing that occurred to me. And the second thing was this, this brilliant pride that I had that my daughter had just inspired me and gave me perspective that at that moment, with the story I was telling her, I needed. You know, and so you have these moments along the way, and I, I was so grateful for my openness to that. Because again, when I was younger, I didn't do that as mm -hmm. much, you know. So yeah, I think we evolve when we get better, and you know, what you're doing and the work you're doing and this community that you're building with people. I mean, I would love to be able to go to this community and say, all right, now I'm 52, and here's what I'm experiencing. Yes. And I, you know, my children are older, you know, what, what can I expect? And um, here's what I'm experiencing, you know, what, what input or advice you have. Right? Sure. But I, again, I wouldn't have done that when I was younger, and, it, and it's unfortunate. Yeah, that's right. Because I could have sped things up and become better. Yep. So I commend you for the work that you're doing. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I appreciate that. And, you know, it's I joke a lot, and I call it dad envy. Um, yeah. Sometimes I, I experience that as kind of a, a buffer back to this this platform that I'm trying to put out there. Because at some, t at some point, especially in younger dads, yeah. they're still in that mode where they're like, I can do this, I can solve this, I can fix this. And there is no field manual for fatherhood, if you will. So we're trying to break down some of that and just recognize the fact that, look, it is about community. And I think, you're, to your point, you're also right when you mentioned that the generational shift that we're experiencing, it's happening. And we're starting to see people being more open to that concept. They want community and socials help do that. So it's a positive of social. Um, so I think you're spot on in that regard. So Lonnie, as we, um, as we kind of conclude here in the conversation, I got two final questions for you. So yes. one's more of a fun question. I ask all of my guests this question, and that's um, if you had a boat that was big enough to put your name on the back of it, what name would you name your boat? What name would I name my boat? That is a great question. Um, I think, you know, I think as I reflect on where I'm at in, in my life now, um, it's probably a long name, if that's okay. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's how the heck did I get here? <laughs> um, and I say that in a fun way because, you know, the evolution for me in my life is that I want to keep putting myself out there, which is actually a pillar of Red Shoes. It's the last pillar. You know, you're, you're doing these races uh, in Lake Tahoe and, and these incredible things. And I've had those moments where I do something that makes me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I stand in that place and I say, how the heck did I get here? And I'm proud of myself because I feel like I'm continuing to live and try new experiences and meet new people and read new books. Mm -hmm. And so I think that would be it. it for me, it's just, um, it's made life at this age, uh, next phase of my life, that much more meaningful to me. I appreciate the thoughtful answer to the question because I was almost certain you were going to say Red Shoes no, Living no, or Red no, Shoes. No. So thank you for being yeah. thoughtful in your response. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> And then lastly, uh, is there anything that we didn't get to today that you just want to leave the, the audience with? You know, I'll share a quick story with you. I, um, a week ago, I interviewed a gentleman for Spark Next Leadership mm -hmm. that um, we, we have some amazing you know, people that we get to interview and hear their experiences and their input on resiliency and, and leadership and all kinds of things. And we had this opportunity to interview a gentleman who had been wrongly convicted and incarcerated for 30 years oh my gosh yeah and there's a whole story that i won't get into other than he was vindicated through all kinds of evidence and dna evidence and he knew for that entire 30 years that he was innocent and so here was a man that never been on an airplane before and i was interviewing him for spartan and you know scared to death uh and and open and vulnerable enough to admit that at least to me 
So we tried to create the safest space for him to be interviewed, and two things came out of that interview that really struck me that I thought I would share. One of which was he said he never lost hope. And he said he had one friend, one true friend, in that 30 years, and that was himself. Wow. And you know, you think about the world we live in today and how hard it is to be a father, to be a mother, all these things, and doubt starts to creep in. And he said it wasn't that doubt didn't creep in, but I, I became my own best friend. And I woke up every day saying, it doesn't matter what anybody says or what anybody does, but that's how I'm going to show up. And the other thing was just gratitude. And I wow. find that gratitude with leaders um, that have been successful, however you want to define success, Gratitude is part of it. Gratitude makes us more open. It allows opportunities for people to step into us, as opposed to being ungrateful and cynical and your world becomes small and you almost push people away. So I just leave you with those two things because I'm seeing a world, and I heard it even through this gentleman, that is um, that is changing and good people like you are helping to make that change. So wow. I'll leave you with that. That is powerful. Thank you, Lonnie, yeah. for sharing that. You bet. Well, it's been an honor to have you on the show. I really appreciate this. It was uh, great to have our red shoes come together Love it. for this conversation. Yeah. Uh, why don't you tell folks where they can find out more about you, Red Shoes Living, and also Spartan X Leadership as yeah, well. Yeah, definitely. So uh, website, redshoesliving.com or lonniemain.com. You can get to it uh, either way that way. And then Spartan X Leadership is Spartan uh, Race Leadership, I think, is, is what the website there is. If not, look up Spartan X Leadership. Come be part of it. It's an amazing experience to meet a community of people that are just like-minded and very supportive. So thanks for having me. It's yeah, you bet. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Daddy Saturday podcast, where as always, it's our goal to raise good kids that become great adults, help you be more intentional and engaged, make it a great Daddy Saturday. And thank you for standing by through the noise, the Spartan ATP Science sponsored Media Fest has been packed and uh, it's been a great event. So stay tuned for more great podcasts.